Welcome to the Realm of Endless Stories, a weekly podcast covering books, fanfic, comics, TV, and films. If we love it, we read it, watch it, and talk about it. I'm Sarah. I'm Soleil, and we've got a guest with us today to talk about her favorite character. Welcome, Tasha. Hello, Tasha. Hello, everyone. My Hogwarts house is Ravenclaw, like Mira, so it fits for me to fill in for Mira this week. Right, I'm only a secondary Ravenclaw, so I could only half fill her shoes, like, so I'd fill- I have zero Ravenclaw in me. I'd fill a shoe. (laughs) I got no feathers. Right. That's true. I'd fill, so like, it would be like, I'd wear one of her shoes. Right? Yes. My my Elbabarty house is Thunderbird. My Akatar is Summer Court. My favorite things is listening and singing along to music. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. You got it. <laughs> Those are a few of my favorite things. My I actually fa- was singing that to Teddy the other night when it started storming and he started freaking out. I don't know what made <laughs> me do it. We were just laying in the dark and it was like, really 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 <laughs> storming no rain but thunder mm-hmm. and lightning like crazy and he's like laying next to me but he keeps popping his head up like oh my god what's going on so i just started singing to him raindrops on roses and whiskers on kids you and not? he looked at me like what are you doing but <laughs> he was focusing on me and not on the storm so it was working so right? i i kept at it for about a minute and a half because i know all the words so i only got through like half the song like one verse and a chorus, but he was like, okay, I'm going to go back to bed now. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yes. mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Basically my favorite genre for music is anything from the, like the 1980s to current minus rap. And my favorite TV show is 911, which amazing show. Yes. I've never new- watched it, but one of my friends from one of my other groups, Katie is absolutely in love with it. Yeah, it's been she's, she's written fanfic season. for it. It's basically renewed for a fifth season, which I'm excited oh. for. Yay! It's always yes. great when your favorite TV shows get re- get renewed. Yeah, and I've basically known both of the hosts for over a year thanks to our love of Harry Potter, and it's thanks to Swish and Flick. Shout out to Sh- those guys. Shout out to Swish for like introducing Potter to us mm-hmm. and. I am a Canadian, which probably makes <gasps> me the first. You're not from. She doesn't even go here. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> <laughs> which makes me the first international guest host that That's this true. podcast. Yeah. Because we've had a couple Sorry. who are close, Michigan and Wisconsin, but we've never had anybody who crossed a border. <laughs> Today's the day. We've gone international. Yes. That's- that's right. We're one step closer to taking over the world with our nerdery. <laughs> That's yes. right. It's like Vanellope said in Wreck-It Ralph, and all of you who are ever mean to me shall be executed. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and I am definitely excited to be actually on here to discuss Perfuma. And we're so happy to have you. Why, thank you. Other than the hair, Tasha, to me, even just like her personality, feels like Perfuma to me. Yeah. She's got the tall, the nature thing, the love of all, all things great and small. She is very Perfuma. She yeah. is. Oh, thank you, ladies. Now, before we get too deep into this, 
I would like to remind everyone that this is not a spoiler-free podcast, and we are marked explicit for occasional cursing and discussion topics. All views and opinions expressed in episode discussions belong to us and not to the owners or creators of the show or whatever we're discussing. So, Perfuma. Yeah. Tell us about her. So, basically, I get to describe the appearance of Perfuma. First of all, did you know that her birthday is March 1st? I didn't oh, know. Oh, she, she's in my birthday month. Yeah. 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 But not my star sign because nope. I'm am, I'm too late in the month. Basically, of course, she is a Pisces, which is a fish water sign. I found it that it fits some of the strengths and weaknesses. And overall, it's really fitting with Perfuma, which I can see perfectly. And now I get to describe 80s Perfuma, which she only appeared in three episodes. What? Yes, she did. That's crap. Three episodes? Yes. That's so sad. I know. The three episodes that she she appeared on is Flowers of Fohardak, which she actually spoke (laughs) in. I just got this mental image of like current day Perfuma going up to Hordak with a bouquet of flowers as if she was about to like ask him to prom <laughs> and, and, and just like holding this bouquet of flowers and is like here you should have these and Hordak with just his like thousand yard stare like right? why are you giving me flowers these disgust me she actually, <laughs> she actually did her prison cell in flowers because she thought mm-hmm. it was boring. Well, I mean, if I was imprisoned by the horde and I had the ability to create flowers or plants, yeah, I'd totally do that to my prison cell. You <laughs> yes. want to make me a prisoner? Well, I'm going to prove to you that A, I'm no one's prisoner, and B, I want to enjoy where I'm sitting. So exactly. I'm going to make it look pretty. And besides that um, episode, she's the one that talks a lot, and her voice is a lot normal compared to the other characters. Compared to all the other characters. Uh, yeah. she, she was blessed yeah. with a normal right. voice. She was blessed. She was blessed. <laughs> yes. I and mean, that's why she spoke only in one episode. <laughs> right, because they said, oh, this girl, she sounds too normal and not 80s Barbie-like enough. We can't let her talk again. She right? has to sound French like Mermista. Yes. Or like she's breathy and 12, like Glimmer. Or she smoke all her life. Like oh my God, like Scorpia. <laughs> Scorpia, who sounds like the mix of a smoker and, and Roz from Monsters, Inc. Yes. Kazowski. Like, Shadow Weaver, you didn't file your paperwork. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to say the other two episodes that Perfuma did appear in is the Christmas special with He-Man and She-Ra. And mm-hmm. She-Ra is better than He-Man. <laughs> this, well, no, it's, it's true. It is true. And something old, something new. Because I think uh, the new He-Man series is due to drop on Netflix or already dropped. No, it's. I think it's July. Okay, so we're recording this on the 20th of June. So it's like right around the corner. But even though I'm sure they will have improved upon He-Man because, I mean, you had to. (laughs) There was no other choice. And his hair offends me. (laughs) Yeah, that bowl cut should be outlawed. I still stand by She-Ra is better than He-Man. Talking with 
M. He's part of a lot of groups that talk about He-Man. And they are very, very upset that the new He-Man, it's supposed to be focused a lot about around Tila, which was the only female warrior part of the He-Man band of brothers. Oh, I'm sorry. Are they afraid that they're going to be outshone by a girl? No, <laughs> they are very upset because Tila is not very feminine looking. Oh, so they're butching her up and they said, and I quote, I'm sure she's also a lesbian. Like, that's a bad thing. Oh, I'm sorry, because girls across the world and across, if we're talking about cartoons, the universe, mm -hmm. all look one way. Exactly. Yes. They all look one way and they all look like 80s She-Ra. she, -Ra. she -Ra. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because they don't, Tila doesn't look like this. Oh, we don't like that. Oh no, they're in an uproar because it's going to be completely different from it's, what they they saw in the eighties. Yeah, man invents dinosaur. Dinosaur eats man. Woman <laughs> inherits the earth. Exactly. exactly. We just get to sit back and laugh and watch the destruction. It's going to be great. <laughs> exactly. Get your popcorn ready. Yeah. Sorry yeah. we interrupted. Let's That's go back to Perfuma. Perfuma in the 1980s was ditzy. And of course, like me, currently, it was cheerful and lots of energy. And some people might think that Perfuma in the 1980s was more like a fairy. She and was on the shorter side compared yeah. to all the other princesses yes. who were very tall. Yeah. yeah, she was, I think, the same size as, as Florina, which was... Yeah. Florina was part of the main cast that was in all the episodes, but not Perfuma. Nope. God and forbid. Sorry, first ones forbid. My bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. When we get to her clothing, the 1980s Perfuma actually wore a beautiful pink sundress. I mean, and pink is great. I, yeah. I used to wear pink all the time growing so up. Did like, I. My sister wore yellow. I wore pink. And I mean, I still, even though my favorite color is blue, I love pink. I love me some pink. And of course, her shoes were basically made of flat. To further emphasize how much shorter she was than everybody else, I guess. Yeah. Well, she's the only one that has shoes sensible with, you know, fighting. Yeah. Not high heel boots. But she, she's not there to fight. She's only in like one and a third episodes. If you count her other two appearances <laughs> in the other two episodes where she doesn't speak. Right. And some of her, like some of people may think that Perfuma has very puffy hair because it's like very puffy and wavy to boot. Like Hermione Granger, puffy yes. wavy. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Let me correct. The way it should have been book Hermione Granger, puffy, wavy hair. That Let is, me be specific. Yes, exactly. And there's a similar between 80s Shira and Courage. Um, no, Courage. Well, the series, 80s yeah. Shira versus current series Shira, yeah. sure. Perfuma had has a crown, like a tiara, but it was like very prominent, more like a hat mm -hmm. in the 80s. Whereas now it's not as prominent as it is now. Like well, as a, yes. to quote Amy Farrah Fowler from The Big Bang Theory, when you get the opportunity to wear a tiara, you wear the tiara. Yeah. Put it on me. Put exactly. it on me. Put it on me. Put it on me. Put it on me. Put it on me. <laughs> exactly. Like, honest to God, me. Like, Kyle told me that when she gets married, I am going to be her maid of honor or best woman or whatever, <laughs> but I get to wear the necklace set because she has her color scheme picked out nice. that she wore to prom 
And it's, I believe she can correct me when she listens to this. It's black and red. And obviously they'll have to get different earrings because I don't have pierced ears, but it's a beautiful necklace and a tiara. Oh and, she, and I said to her, I get to wear a tiara to your wedding. She goes, yes, yes. I said, put it on the guy. Can I see it? Can I see it? Can I see it? I want to see it. She's like, you saw me wear it. I was like, I want to see it again. I get to wear a tiara. I was so excited. So in short, always wear a tiara. Always. Exactly. And to my last point for the 80s perfumer, she was not part of, the, of an alliance which we'll probably get more into when we get to Soleil's part. Well, she wasn't part of the Alliance because she was in only one episode. I was just <laughs> going to say that. It's kind of hard to be part of something when you're not there. Right. I, I just, I'm sorry to interrupt because I thought, well, if she wasn't there, what was she off doing? And right. I just thought about a very Potter musical, the duet between Quirrell and Voldemort. And Quirrell says, when I rule the world, I'll plant flowers. <laughs> so I just pictured Perfuma kind of hop skipping across the fields of Etheria, w- waving her hands and just making things grow. Exactly. And that's what she was doing when was everybody doing. else was busy fighting each other. Well, they're pacifists, so that feature Right, so too. she was, she planted flowers. Yes. Exactly. A little bit about her origin. Her real name is actually Tara. And that's the same name that she used when she goes undercover in the Peekaboo episode in The Current. They're so consistent and so clever. I love when oh they do gosh. this. I know, I know. they did uh, it for Scorpia. Yes. They did that too. Oh, that's so clever. I love it. One of the passages describes her as uh, she was born in Etheria in an enchanted garden where sunflowers sung and daffodils danced. <laughs> so she was, that you know, so pixie, lovely. very pixie fairy. Yeah. Aww. I love that. Me too. Yes. She, has the, she had the power to make certain flowers bo- blossom and the aroma will put the enemies to sleep. So how funny is that the most damage in the 80s that they could do was put things to sleep because Scorpio has the same power. It's like, this is the maximum we can do. So you're telling me that she was a pixie jigglypuff. Mm-hmm. But instead of singing people to sleep, she'd just make a flower and be like, here, smell this beautiful flower. And yes. then they'd smell it and go, ah, and then just keel over. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's what it did. That's I, adorable. And I, I know. It. Like Tasha said, uh, she was in the episode Flowers for Hordak. That's the only episode she talks. And in that episode, she's actually captured and in prison. Who would capture such a pure an innocent soul, the answer Poor is Hordak, obviously. Yes. But, like, <laughs> but like, she is no threat to anyone, especially I the know. way you describe 80s Perfuma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that would be like literally taking candy from a baby. Like, you yes. just have to be some kind of dick. Like, whore dick. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. I can already hear Kyle ripping her headphones out of her ears and picking up her phone to angrily yell at you, Soleil, as soon as she hears this. I well, guarantee it will happen. You, you said he was a dick, so whore dick. I... I I'm surprised it took us this long to come up with I that. Know. Uh, like I know. We've been talking about the whore, duh, for like, yeah. what, two months now? <laughs> yes. and, it, 
And I even asked, oh, what names would you call Hordak? And that Nobody, never came up. No, like, no. We came and with- now I regret my choice of words came up. I should have phrased that better. Yeah, well, we came <laughs> up with a... I'm drowning in my own so. head. No, no, not the we're the not going, No, we are not yes. revisiting the Hordy Pokey. Okay. No. no okay, no. so she was captured, imprisoned in a dungeon in the freight zone. And while she's there, she decides to redecorate, like Tasha said, with flowers and everything. She actually escapes and goes around the freight zone, creating more flowers and plants. <laughs> Hordik, it is so furious about this that he goes and begs Jira to take her back. He couldn't cope with it. I think this actually happened on an episode of Transformers that the Decepticons captured an Autobot that annoyed them so much that Megatron <laughs> called Optimus Prime and was like, take them back for the love of Primus just get it out of here like yes. i can't like or like if you don't i will drive out to your base and give them back to you in yes. person oh i can't stand it i have made a grievous error yes <laughs> so that's what he does she annoyed hordak with flowers with flowers yes so he called shira to take her back <laughs> and then i remember you telling me this the first episode that in which we see Perfuma in mm-hmm. present day She-Ra series is called Flowers for She-Ra. Yes. Aww. Which is clearly a nod to Flowers for Hordak. I That's love right. all the parallels they do with the And 80s. now that I think about it, when they were fighting the Horde, she was putting flowers on tanks and shit. Yes. Yes, she was. I specifically remember a flower lay appearing above like a tank cannon guy. Yes. So it was just hanging there. And I was like, you know, these things are connected now that I think about them. Yeah, now that you (laughs) think about it. (laughs) The only other thing I wanted to tell you about the 80s is that when the Motu action figure came out, perfume action figure, the description of her name was Sensational Flower Maiden figure. Oh, which, <laughs> which sounds I, I don't know what it sounds but maiden I don't like you know when they call women maiden and sensational I guess because it was one of the things that you scratch and you sniff and it smells good maiden I'm okay with in terms of when you're talking about cultures or shows based on made up cultures of like the Vikings where you had sword maidens that was mm-hmm. an actual title yeah. bestowed okay. upon women who were skilled in the art of sword play they were known as sword or sword maidens or shield maidens it wasn't used as a derogatory term mm-hmm. but i can kind of see here yeah that they're like oh maiden she's not it's not the way you describe a shira action figure yeah because she's a warrior princess but perfuma who's this adorable pixie flower creating princess and isn't violent, she's a mm-hmm. maiden, air quote. Yeah. What I don't like is that everybody else, it's so, you know, they have big muscles and they're this very mainly looking. Exactly. So this is like, this is the damsel in distress. So this is, you know, the person that we're going to be saving. It's not like she can hold herself with flowers. Except unintentionally, she proved that stereotype completely wrong. She didn't need to fight her way out of the fright no. zone. 
she just needed to keep being herself, being mm-hmm. her happy, peppy self, and increase the vegetation in the fright zone <laughs> to the point where Hordike got too pissed off. Like, she didn't have to do... And I haven't watched the episode, so I don't actually know, but I'm assuming... She wasn't doing it to piss Hordak off. She was no. just like, oh, this place is dark and bleak and could use some life and some exactly. color. So I am going to bring flowers and color into this mm-hmm. hopeless looking place. And yeah. Hordak was just like, my walls are oranges and pinks. And what is this <laughs> hell that has been unleashed upon my fright zone? Like, like yes. so unwittingly, She's not the damsel in distress. No. She's she saved herself. Yes. Without even trying, mm-hmm. without even needing to save herself because she just escaped and then was like, "Hey, I'm going to redecorate cuz that's my thing." And would have gotten out anyway. Hordak mm-hmm. just sped it up by saying, come get her. I can't stand her anymore. <laughs> well, she escaped. So she could have just walked home if she already escaped. But she stayed to make she, the Fright Zone look right, better. Because she felt exactly. bad for all the people under Hordak. Maybe some of them aren't terrible people. Maybe they'd like to see a flower every once in a while. Right? Exactly. And did you know that Perfuma actually said Hordakins? To Hordak, and he hated it. She called him. She called him Hordakins. Yes, (laughs) I love her. Doff my imaginary cap that I am wearing to her out of such respect, because this little pixie slip of a thing who escaped the fright zone and brightened it up with flowers called Hordak. Hordikins to his face and lived. Yes. yes. Like, what a badass. She is a badass. Like, yeah, what an exit. Oh, man. Like, she shows up in three episodes, but oh, like, that's like. You remember. Mic drop. You, yeah, oh, yeah. She made a point. Yes. Yes. That, that is amazing. I love that so much. And now we get to go get to current Perfuma. And of course, she appears in all of the seasons of She-Ra. And it's one of the tallest of the Alliance. And of course, her hair has its tamer. And believe it or not, actually mm-hmm. has flowers in it. I'm, a- I'm not surprised. The only thing I-, I was surprised in is that she wasn't always wearing a flower crown. Right. That she- I mean, she had flowers woven into her hair. Yes. But she strikes me as the kind of person that just casually walks around every day wearing a flower crown. Yeah. Well, she because puts crowns on anyone that visits Plumeria, so. Including right. Horde soldiers. Yes. Which I think is the best. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember one in the Flowers for She-Ra that she put, made one appear on top of the helmet of a Horde soldier. It was a flower <laughs> crown. And, and the guy was just like, what? What what'd she do to me? Because he can't see because it's on top, <laughs> of his, on top of his helmet. Right. I just and, thought that was so funny. And of course, her tiara and of course, hat is not as prominent. It's a lot smaller than what it was in the 80s. And mm-hmm. her clothing now is a lot longer. Her, She has a beautiful dress. She had a shawl, but only lasted one season. She had braces on her wrists. It was first pink, but then turned into green. And, of course, her boots are like sandals. Yes. She, her clothes to me are a symbol because the kind of dress she wears, the sandals, even though they're boots, they're sandals. She's a free spirit. 
And the way her dress is, it's not tightly fitted. It has flow to it. Her hair is down and unbound. Her look reflects her personality, Mm -hmm. that she is a friendly, free spirited, Mm -hmm. open person. And I like that, that you can get that just by looking at her before she says two words. You can tell this is a kind soul. Yes, exactly. One of the things that were around was um, a lot of of the fans started calling her that she was a trans lesbian. And Noelle Stevenson's actually liked a tweet further confirming that her gender and sexuality and um, compared to anything we see in the 80s, it is great to see more representation. And this show, it is great for just that representing Everybody, especially shout out again to Noelle Stevenson for being an amazing human. I've met them. They came out as Mm non-binary within the past couple of years. And as executive showrunner, we're one of the people responsible for bringing this entire series to life, like the reincarnation of She-Ra from the 80s to now. They were a big driving force in making it happen. And I just want to say thank you to Noelle and the entire creative team and writing team and the entire Shira team for going so far to show different body types, different mm-hmm. genders, different appearances, Absolutely. different personalities, mm-hmm. all of those things in a way that's not obnoxious about it. It's yes. not like this is a gay person or yeah. this is my gay friend so-and-so. Or to quote Parks and Re- Recreation, April said, well, this is my boyfriend, Stephen, and Stephen's boyfriend, Kyle, or like whatever she said. Mm-hmm. But like it's made a joke of in this Every time we're seeing a different aspect of representation, being it sexual identity, gender identity, physical appearance, it's just put there in front of you as something that's accepted. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like you see Spinnerella and Natasha and you see them kiss a couple times and you don't hear until the end of season five in one episode that they say, I love you, my wife. And it's just, it's just there. Nobody Mm -hmm. bats an eye because it's not abnormal. It's just two people in love. And it's not like here, this is what you should gain from this episode that it's nice to be nice to everyone. No, it's just like, okay, you can headcanon these characters to be whatever you want. But we also gave you a model in which Every character was different. It wasn't the 80s She-Ra Barbie mold where mm-hmm. everyone looked the same, sounded different, but were, was voiced by the same like three people. Yes. And, <laughs> exactly. and also a lot of the people in current day She-Ra, whatever their skin color, mm-hmm. were voiced by by people from the appropriate region here on planet Earth. Like yeah. People like Castaspella or I believe Glimmer and Mermista and a couple others are all voiced. Micah are all voiced by Asian American or Pacific Islander region Mm -hmm. individuals. So they try to make it a point to cast people who represented those individuals. And a lot of shows don't take the time and effort to do that. And that is great because I think, especially for Double Trouble. Yes. The actor um, who voiced 
double trouble actually kind of, you kind of know the the background story you know what they go through so you can put more of you more of your identity into the character are they non-binary yes that makes a lot of sense because yes. that was the f- the first time I obviously did not grow up watching 80 Shira. I was born in 89. So, mm-hmm. so am I. I've watched I've watched some of it like as I was growing up, but it was in reruns at that point. Yeah. So watching Netflix Shira was really an introduction to a lot of this for me. But I knew from the moment Double Trouble revealed themselves because they show up. I believe at first as Katra Mm -hmm. and then peel back the disguise to say, so what do you, what do you think of my performance? And Katra's like, Oh, well this I can use. Yes. I instantly thought this is a non-binary individual because their chosen form. And we'll get to talking about this. I don't want to dig too deep into it now. Isn't masculine or feminine. It's Mm -hmm. it's, it has pieces of both and it's clear that it's their choice. Yes. So I just I love the representation on this show and that shout out to Netflix for putting it in Mm -hmm. their uh, representation matters collection. I agree with that. Okay, talking a little about the abilities of Perfuma. Um, She's one of the elemental princesses and is current ruler of Plumeria, which I thought was very interesting because it's at current, which means that there were before her the gems, you know, the... um, Runestones. Runestones, I know gems. I thought they chose you. So I guess they can choose more than one person? I I choose you, Pikachu. (laughs) <laughs> I think you were seeing it more as Green Lantern rings where the ring chooses the bearer. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, I think it's passed down more like royal lineage. Okay. Where it's maybe the first runestone chose a person because they thought they and their future descendants would be worthy of carrying this line. Just like we saw that mm-hmm. Scorpia's family had yeah. the black garnet Scorpia eventually has the black garnet. Angela had the bright moon crystal. Mm -hmm. Then Glimmer had it. To me, it's kind of like at first when the first ones came to Etheria, Mm -hmm. I think it was kind of set up like the green lantern rings or all the lantern core rings actually where the ring is kind of sentient and it is sent out into the universe and told find a person worthy of this ring mm-hmm. and it will search until it finds someone. Yes. Definitely. So I think originally the very first inhabitants of Etheria, mm-hmm. it, those runestones probably searched and settled on Scorpia's family, settled on Perfuma's family, mm-hmm. settled on Angela and Glimmer's family. And now after they made their choice, it's passed down like Royal lineage. Okay. It will be interesting to see if they don't have any children to pass it on. Right. How it chooses another person. But that that's speculation in the future. So one of her abilities is chlorokinesis. I think I'm saying that. Yes, chlorokinesis. She can grow and control plants at will. She can command any type of plants and trees to grow. But she mostly uses vines when she's in combat. Well, that makes sense because chlorokinesis, chloroform is the chemical that makes plants green. Chloro mm-hmm. meaning green. So chlorokinesis meaning the control of things that are green. Yes. That's right. And vines are very strong and stable. Yes. Tarzan knows about that. He doesn't know how to watch out for trees, though. No, (laughs) only vines. 
No sense of direction. No. In Roll With It, in the episode Roll With It, she actually creates a massive golem entirely made out of vine and plants. And she's like, oh, and I'll create this. And that's how he's going. she's going to enter the Fright Zone. And I don't know what they were planning for there. Because they were not rescuing they were anyone. Plan- they were, no, they were planning for the attack on the stronghold that Scorpio was holding for Catra. Exactly. I will defend this pass with my very life. And Lonnie is like, wrong pass. And then Scorpio's like, I will defend this pass <laughs> with my very life. She is amazing. I love her so much. And also, after the presumed death of Entrapta, she creates a statue in her memory all made out of plants. No, you, you, she creates a statue made of plants in Entrapta's memory. Yeah. Not the way I heard the sentence come out was in her head, she made a statue of plants. Because <laughs> you said, I knew what you meant, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, in her memory, she created a statue of plants. And I thought that was actually like really sweet. Like that really tugged mm-hmm. at my heartstrings when she yes. did that. Yeah. yeah, especially because they didn't really get along. And they didn't spend that much time together either. Yeah, but it's not that they didn't get along. It was more that Entrapta's personality clashed with her aura, with her inner peace. So she needed to have more patience with her that she didn't know. So it was it was great that she did. It was very tr- trying for perfume. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She also has the aura generation power, and I think they all have it. But when Scorpia awakens, awake. No, you were right the first time. Awakens. Awakens. Yeah. The heart of Etheria when she connects with her power. Perfuma creates an aura around her that magnifies her power. And I think hers is like a light green. Yeah. It's like you also see it during the battle f- for Bright Moon mm-hmm. because they all have their color auras. Because that's when I first watched it and went, look, it's Captain Planet. <laughs> I was like, this is totally a Captain Planet situation we got going here. (laughs) If you were to ask Perfuma, which one is your greatest power? She's not going to mention any of this ones. She's going to say it is believing in your friends, friendship, everything that has to do with that and believing in another person. That's just so sweet. It is so sweet. I know. She has a connection to the um, heart blossom tree, which which contains the runestone that gives her powers. Her weaknesses, according to Natasha, and most of the princesses have this weakness, is fire because it destroys plants. Fire. It also destroys people. Yes, but it's (laughs) it's kind of like when she when Natasha has the uh, notebook. He's like, I have every everybody's weaknesses and which right. one's this one fire and this one fire and this fire. one fire. <laughs> Everyone's fire and fire. also this but fire yes another one of her weaknesses are the cactuses or the cacti <laughs> <laughs> because they're so unpredictable that she doesn't really understand them and for for the time they are her weakness but we're going to discuss later because she can't make them grow and that frustrates her to no end yes but she kind of gave up on it yeah she's like i've tried being nice to them i've tried talking to them i I wanted too much like and she's like i wash my hands of the matter i just cacti and i were just not meant to get along yes but she comes to it and she understands but we'll talk about that later she also has uh another thing that Natasha saw as a weakness in her that she has a great fear of harming relations she has an overwhelming fear of hurting other people people that she cares about so if you were to ask Perfuma her greatest power is the belief in friends and I guess her worst weakness will be hurting people that she cares about when we go to Plumeria and we see the other people surfer dude 
that actually has a name <laughs> and everybody <Hi>. else. <laughs> They're well, second in command. Yes. I love that he speaks like Australian, kind of like Australian yeah, accent. Yeah. It's so amazing. It's like what I imagine if I ran into a Chris Hemsworth with no brain in his head. Yes. Like, <laughs> just like, yeah, it's cool. That's good. <laughs> yeah, like what we learned there is that the Plumerians are very good at arts and crafts, and of course, flower crowns. And she likes to meditate, and that's how she gets her inner peace that is never broken, except when they trapped us around. <laughs> yes, or they take her around for um, a tour, and she comes with Frosta. She's like, they took me everywhere. I didn't even finish my meditation. But they do meditate But it's every... fine. It's fine. It's all good. I'm fine. One power that is revealed in the 80s that she doesn't have now, and this is why she does not fear Hordak. She has the ability to nullify or transform dark energy and fire into a cascade of flowers. Oh, wow. So anything they throw at her, she will transform it into into. She can uh, literally shut Hordak down by herself. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. And Why she, was this not used? I, I, I don't know. But in the 80s, she's the only one who does not fear Hordak at all, which I think was very badass of her. And I don't know why she was only in one episode. <laughs> right. That's that's amazing. Maybe, maybe that's why she was in only one episode. If she shut down Hordak in one episode, then no series. It's, yeah, it's kind of like a Superman thing. Like, <laughs> you have almost no weaknesses. You're almost unstoppable. If you put her into play, she ends the conflict and there's no show. Yes. And then it shouldn't be called She-Ra. It should be called Perfuma. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfuma and that lady with the sword. Right. <laughs> okay, so after everything we've heard about what Perfuma looks like and her powers and her strengths and weaknesses... There is only one house into which she could possibly be sorted. May I say, welcome to my house, Hufflepuff. Because she, and like, just the way you described her strengths and weaknesses, she's afraid of hurting those she's closest to and those she cares about. And she thinks her greatest strength is protecting and believing in her friends. That Mm -hmm. is such a Hufflepuff thing. Yes. But that never waving, waving loyalty is just like if she had an animal form it would be a badger like yes. it- <laughs> that's true well she will be kind of like Draco that they said you know they had barely touched her head and it said yes Hufflepuff. <laughs> Hufflepuff oh yeah like and then she before she left she'd give it like some flowers yes right. as a thank you <laughs> thank you yeah, like she'd exactly. always be found in the greenhouses like yeah Oh, I she mean, would she'll be there with Neville. They will be best oh friends. Oh my god. Oh, that oh, this is a story I want. I know. That's just such a sweet mental image. It is a bit- But it's my part and I can't sit with it for too long because I have to actually say things. Just like we did with Scorpia and her Myers Briggs test, the MBTI personality, the for the people who don't know, the four-letter personality test. Just like Scorpia, she is an ESFJ. And I am a Hufflepuff and I identify very very strongly with Scorpia. And the only difference between Scorpia and now Perfuma and myself is they are both E for extrovert and I am an I for introvert. Now, it was funny because when I started talking about this with 
Soleil, she said, oh, I can totally see Perfuma as an extrovert. And I said, I totally see the opposite. I, I agree with Soleil on that one. Uh, so I, I was wondering what it, what specific instances made you think that? I was really curious. I think that her relationship with other people, the fact yeah. that she wants to have so many friends, She's the most most social of all the princesses. And I think she's an introvert only in the fact that she wants harmony and be at peace with the universe, if you want to say it. But I don't think she's an introvert at all. I agree with that. Because I was really see, I can see that. I was really thinking, like, if you look at the episode Mer Mysteries, where they're interrogating people and she's attempting to imitate Mermista and she's just so kind she just can't get that like interrogation tone into her voice that she's not one usually to rock the boat if someone asks a question or gives an order she's not necessarily one even if the look on her face suggests that she doesn't agree with it she's not generally one to speak up about it mm-hmm. now that doesn't mean that introverts don't do that I mean I'm a perfect example I will speak my mind when I strongly disagree with something that is very important to me. And I realize that the more I think about this, the more I'm backing myself into a corner. (laughs) And that's okay, because I was just curious, because as we will discuss later, when Scorpia gets chipped, Perfuma is the only one to like believe that Scorpia is still in there. And she even shouts at Adora, mm-hmm. who is in Shira form, stands up. They're in the middle of a of a raid on the mm-hmm. horde. So like Shira is in one spot. Perfuma is like across the aisle, crouched behind some boxes so she won't be shot by the horde soldiers. And Scorpia is like a little bit down the hall, chipped, not in control of herself. And Adora picks up a tank and Perfuma stands up not even thinking that she is completely wide open for a mm-hmm. shot by the horde soldier and just goes, Shira, put that down. Put it down right now. We do not throw tanks at our friends. And Shira does. With such and this command. Was, it was, there was such authority in her voice. There was no second guessing. There was absolute surety in what she was saying was right that she didn't even think oh I probably shouldn't have stood up because I'm tall and now the horde soldier can see my head over the top of the crates and shoot my head off (laughs) but there are very few instances like that where she will overrule somebody else's order or step in front of them step between them if they're going to make a decision like when Scorpia shows up at Bright Moon, Perfuma willingly put herself between the rest of the princesses and Scorpia physically mm-hmm. yeah. as a wall, yeah. saying like, look, we should give her a chance. But her body language saying, if you want to hurt her, you will have to go through me first. Yeah. Precisely. Which is so Hufflepuff. Oh, my God. So Sorry. Hufflepuff. Tasha, what do you think? Introvert or extrovert? I... I have to say extrovert. I think I've come around on the point. I think I was just so stuck on the extrovertedness or introvertedness when making choices Mm -hmm. rather than when gaining friends or allies or things. I was more thinking of like when you see them sitting around the war council table or stuff. Mm -hmm. She's. Exactly. She's not one who's as prone to speaking up. Exactly. So that's where I kind of got the introvert vibe from. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. you're right. The more I thought about it, the more I'm like, no, that's me. I may not. 
I'm the introvert that like when you say something that I morally don't agree with, I will shut you down, even though Mm -hmm. I'm an introvert. But I'm not the one who wants to have like, yes, it would be lovely to be friends with everyone. But people are scary to talk to. And Perfuma doesn't think that way. No, No, she doesn't. She's just like, look, more people, new friends, which is excellent. And she is encouraging and optimistic. She's that friend that everyone should have. (laughs) to cheer them on when you start doubting yourself. She's so kind and just like Neville, it takes great strength to stand up to your enemies, but even more so to stand up to your friends. She proves this when she tells She-Ra, put that tank down. We do not throw tanks at our en- at our friends. But and again, where it came from. Yeah, right. Exactly. Or so help me. Also oh, help me. Like I I will cover you in flowers and like <laughs> until you listen to me. And when Scorpia comes to Bright Moon and everybody's like, Horde Spy! And she's like, wait a minute. She actually says to the assembled room, friendship isn't a weakness. It's my greatest strength. And it's Scorpia's too. Like she, yeah. because everybody's like, well, friendship is a weakness. That's especially how Catcher and the other Horde members are trained to think that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you see it as a, not a cliche, but like a stereotype in a lot of superhero movies that it's like, oh, well, if you care about someone, you're putting them in danger because the bad guys will use them to get to you. That caring is a weakness. And Perfumus says, no, it's not a weakness. Caring gives you strength. It gives you people to rely on. It don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Yeah. Did you notice that she's the one that starts that when Scorpio comes because everybody's like dumbstruck that she's there sitting and she sees the bot and she's like she's got he's got a bot and then everybody attacks her so she's the one that started it but then she turns around and gets right. stung and then well, puts herself between Scorpio yeah, and, and Scorpio is like I'm sorry for stinging you it was a defensive reaction and like as Perfuma is falling face down into the grass she's like it's okay like because she, <laughs> she knows she didn't mean to I mean yeah. if you think about either from a an animal scorpion point of view or from the point of view of a woman or mm-hmm. from the point of view of someone raised in the horde all of, from all of these perspectives these are perspectives perspectives of beings or people who are always wary of being snuck up on Mm -hmm. and being attacked from behind. So the fact that her tail lashed out, that's purely defensive. That is a gut instinct reaction, not a thought reaction. It's it's, sadly, it's it's like women nowadays when you're leaving to cross a parking lot at night. You're always aware what's mm-hmm. behind me, what's in front of me, where are the lights, where am I in comparison. The horde is the same way. If you're weak, they'll take you out. So Perfuma comes up to Scorpia, not even thinking about this because Perfuma is just the huggy. I'm going to give you advice. I'm I like being inside your bubble of space type of person. And mm-hmm. I know that you're not going to hurt me. And it didn't even dawn on her that Scorpia's gut reaction might be, oh, my God, someone's attacking me, even though mm-hmm. Perfuma has absolutely no intention of doing so. No, Precisely. And Perfume is an excellent judge of character. I mean, just like you said, 
She's the one that points out that Scorpio's there. And while everybody's still freaking out, in 30 seconds, she's already realized that Scorpia isn't a threat. No, she isn't. And I think it's because she's so in touch with her inner aura, with her peace, with her balance, that she sees immediately if the other person is in balance or... I don't know if she can see aura, but maybe she can. You, you know, you can tell when a person comes with intentions of hurting you or just... Right, she looks at Scorpia sitting quietly, calmly, hands in her lap on top of Emily, saying, I didn't want to interrupt you. That Those are not the actions of a horde spy. Every not. horde spy that we've seen or horde individual who isn't a spy because they don't bother, they are overtly aggressive. Mm-hmm. It is instantly obvious that they are there to do harm, to wreak havoc. She's sitting there waiting her turn with her hands folded in her lap. Mm-hmm. She is not a threat. No, if she wanted not. to be a threat, she would have like flounced in, like pincers out, tail up, Emily on the attack, like made herself known instantly. She wouldn't have bothered to sit down and wait her turn. Exactly. So, Puma can read that in her and she's like, wait a minute. It's not really fair of us to instantly think she's a horde spy. I mean, Adora came from the horde and look at that. Mm-hmm. She's She-Ra. Like, right. maybe mm-hmm. we should actually hear what Scorpia has to say before we throw her in the dungeon slash guest room. And you see that a lot with her, the way she deals with other people. Perfuma is a pacifist. She's nonviolent, but tends to act defensively if needed. She learns to act offensively. I mean, even in Flowers for Shira, when the entire episode, the horde has been poisoning the heart tree, and she's like, Well, the universe will write everything. Everything will be okay. We believe. And then they find the note from Adora, Bow, and Glimmer saying, We've gone to stop the horde. She goes over to the tree and puts her hand to the tree and then looks out in the distance at the smoke of where the horde camp is and thinks to herself and then turns around and gives a speech to her people, basically saying these people that we just met who don't know us are fighting for us. We should do something. Mm -hmm. We should help them. Sometimes just believing isn't enough. Sometimes action is needed. Yeah. And it's so adorable because when they crash into the Horde compound with her riding on a wave of vines, she's like, I've never felt so alive. I know. And she's like smashing cannons and leaving flower crowns and flowers everywhere. And it's adorable. It's so cute. What sometimes, because this is a pacifist town or kingdom, I don't know if they know how to fight. I don't know if they have been instructed like others I don't think to so. fight. And what is fun to see is they not only go to defend their place, their kingdom, but they're fighting with what they have. Exactly. You see people with leaves just hitting the horse soldiers with, I don't know if they're rugs or pieces of cloth, just wrapping them around. They're very creative. They use what they have. It's like when you see Drill for the first time, Bo rallying the bakers. Yes. The baker, the chef, and the waiter. And they're using their like rolling pin, their dishes, Mm -hmm. and their tubes of frosting. Like (laughs) as weapons, they're using what they have. That's extremely resourceful. Yes. Yes. 
using their resources, even if they're just fine. Yes. Right. It's use what you have. I highly doubt that they have had any formal training or even a position within their culture of a weapons master or something like mm-hmm. that because it doesn't fit with their lifestyle. No. no. And also, besides being really brave, they will follow Perfuma. Even if she's also a pacifist, they will follow her because they believe in her and she truly believes that they need to go help defend their home. For the Shira. The Shira. Exactly. And they all go. At the beginning of that episode, I got the impression that they were just sitting there waiting for a higher power, in this case, the Shira, to come and save them from everything without them having to do anything physically. I agree. And when they change, and I don't think the people change, I think Perfuma's point of view changes. It's what really moves her and kind of cements in her the desire to be part of the Alliance and to fight for what is good and for what is just. Right, that the universe will help you, but sometimes the universe needs a little help too. Yes. Exactly. You need to pitch in and sometimes you have to say, you know what, even if I don't believe in violence, there are things worth fighting for and protecting. Precisely. And because Perfuma has this laid back pacifist, I get up every morning and I meditate and I find my inner calm. She sometimes clashes with, well, Entrapta, as we've mentioned, and Mermista a lot of times. Like when Mermista takes her council chamber seat. Yes. And she's like, oh, I think you're in my seat. And Mermista's like, well, I thought you could use or you'd appreciate a different perspective. And you just see Perfuma's eye twitch. Yeah. Like, I can't handle this. And she's like, okay, I'll sit there instead. Yeah. But you can tell she's itching to like. <laughs> Lash out. Yeah. She's one of those people that is either perfectly fine or the Hulk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is no in between. Or her golem. <laughs> yes, she really is Bruce Banner. I agree with that. I mean, she goes from kind, really sweet, and then just, you have pushed me too far. Oh, you are all going to pay. Like, <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. She is. The, I think there's a couple more instances just she is the same way. And I think with Entrapta, I don't think they understand each other. I agree. It's not that they fight. It's just that they both have such different points of view that Perfuma is kind of mad at herself when she loses her. Because Entrapta is following science. She's not stopping and think, oh, there's somebody with me. I have to tell them where I'm going. Mm -hmm. She's just like, I have an idea. Off I go. Like, that's her only mindset. She kind of has tunnel vision. And so she's not doing it to Perfuma on purpose. It's not malevolent. Mm -hmm. It's just she's so overwhelmingly excited and driven by the need to know that every time Perfuma turns around and Trapped is gone and Perfuma's like, if this happens one more time, I swear to God, I am going to cover (laughs) her in vines and tie her to a pole. does she, at one point she traps and trapped her in a vine and she's like so we don't get separated <laughs> it's like her way of saying you know so you don't run away or i kill it's like you putting a leash on a little kid yes exactly it's exactly what it is <laughs> but she's a good leader of her people because she always puts the needs of her people and her land before herself as very much shown in Flowers for Shira, where she's like, look, you know, I need to protect my people, but these people are willing to stand up for me. I owe them protection as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I should help. When Shira first arrived at Plumeria, they bring provisions 
that's why Queen Angie let them go there. Angela, yeah. Because they were bringing food and other stuff. Supplies, yeah. To Plumeria. And as soon as they bring all that, because she's the Shira, everybody gives her food. And Shira keeps saying, no, 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 you should keep this because you need it. But they will give you whatever they have. They will give you the shirt off their backs, yes. even if they need it, because they believe in you so much. To them, Shira is like a goddess mm-hmm. that they are blessed to have her walk among them. Mm-hmm. And Adora's like, I'm just a person. You have to get this through your heads. Don't worship me. Don't sacrifice what you need. That's why we came because you need it and I am bringing it to you. And they're like, here, no, you, you have it. And Adora's like, how do I get it through their heads that I don't want this stuff? It's theirs. Without offending them. Right. Without offending them because they're allies. So we see her with her people a couple times. We see her second in command, the shirtless surfer dude who evidently has a name, Seneschal. He shows up a couple times. Mm -hmm. He shows up in Mer Mysteries. I don't know why he was suspected <laughs> because he hadn't shown up for like a season and a half before that. But yeah. he's really the only other one we see from Plumeria after Perfuma leaves and joins the Alliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Perfuma, just like Scorpia and just like Adora and like Glimmer and Bo, all of them, all of these individuals have self-confidence issues. All of them. Every single one of them. <laughs> No kidding. And you see it because other princesses or other people might doubt Perfuma for being so optimistic all the time. They might see that as naive because she's a pacifist. What would she know of war? How could she be helpful? And as the cheerleader friend, sometimes when you're that friend, it's the hardest for you to ask for help. Mm hmm. Exactly. Because you're so used to giving it to somebody else that it's not natural for you to reach out and ask Mm -hmm. when you're doubting in yourself. And her journey to gain self-confidence kind of parallels Scorpia's because she and Scorpia have a very close relationship. It shows with her standing up for Scorpia, Perfuma's gain of self-confidence when she's fighting the cactuses. The cactuses. Yes, with what Huntara says to her because Perfuma is completely given up and is just mm-hmm. like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And Huntara is like, yes, you can. And then by the time she figures it out, she's like, yes, cacti have the strongest roots of all. I just wasn't digging deep enough. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And she just needed someone to be her cheerleader Mm -hmm. in that moment. But that somebody had to realize that she needed it. She wasn't about to ask. No, it's the hardest when you are the cheerleader. Mm -hmm. First, because if you have a bad day, other people don't know what to do with you. Right? (laughs) Yeah, it's like when you say, you know, when you ask somebody, how are you? And they say, okay, then you just chat. But if they say, no, I'm not doing okay, somebody that's not your close friend doesn't know what to do. So that's why many people do not like to ask for help because you think that they always expect you to be a cheery person to help without being asked. So it's very hard to ask for help. Or to say, I'm having a bad day. I don't like cactuses. And when that person finally reaches their tolerance limit, that's why they go from calm to nuclear Mm -hmm. in three seconds. 
because they've internalized and shoved down all of these things that have bothered them this entire time. And finally, the pot has boiled over and it's the last drop. It's Volcano Day, people. There's no stopping it now. <laughs> like, I've been hiding the rumbles of the volcano, but y'all are dead now. So yes. <laughs> just get out of my way because you've passed the point of being able to hold it in anymore. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So with that, I think I'd like to segue into her hatred of cactuses. Sure. <laughs> okay. okay. So go ahead. Tell us about the mighty cactus. The cactuses. One of her greatest weaknesses was not understanding cactuses cacti. She says she hates them. And I think that's the only time we ever hear her use the word hate. Yes. Yes. She's like Glenn from Superstore. I they are not a nice person or like yes. I very strongly dislike them. Like you never hear the word hate. No. And she says it. I hate cactuses. And everybody's like, Perfuma hates something. I didn't think Perfuma was capable of hating yeah. something. Right? She tries her best and they keep exploding in her face and covering her in different things. Just so we understand a little bit about cactuses. They're very strong plants and they survive in very hostile environments. So I think that's why she doesn't understand them. I mean, especially when you look at plumeria, it's lush, it's green, it probably gets a lot of rain. There are a lot of very leafy green trees, whereas cacti flourish in the desert where they can go months without getting new water from rain mm -hmm. and flourish they survive where almost nothing can. And so I can understand why when Perfuma can affect things that are very green, where it gets a lot of rain and everything's easy to manipulate, she gets to a cactus and it's like trying to push a brick wall with just your hands mm -hmm. when she's used to just moving something that's as small as a Lego. Like, it's a huge difference mm -hmm. because cacti are made to withstand stronger fiercer environments and perfumas used to softer things with less harsh edges mm -hmm. if that makes sense it does. yeah it's not native to at least we don't see it to her environment like you said to where she to plumeria no. i think plumeria has cacti oh, no. no because i don't think it could survive there i don't think so either yeah it needs more direct sunlight and more heat than that yes so i don't think she ever took the time to see it for what it is to look past the rough exterior and the thorns to see that inside the cacti it's a very squishy if you want to say plant and like you said before it has the strongest roots because the roots have to be so deep into the soil to get water exactly that it makes it perfect to lift heavy things like she does when I think they're taking out Mara's ship. I think so. Yes. Yes, it was. So when they're rescuing. Yeah, from the crimson waste. Yeah. There are other plants that may not have such strong roots and this one's does. It's only when she understands that because of Hantara that she's able to manipulate it like every other plant and cactuses also have flowers. So it's kind of like in her aisle. She just didn't understand it. She didn't think about it too much. Cactuses are a symbol of strength, enduring, and toughness. And that is her totally. And what I find out is that in different cultures have different meanings. 
Native Americans believe that cactuses represented warmth, protection, and motherly love. This is something that I didn't know and it surprised me because it says that especially the flower of the cacti, like mothers, have to endure everything with their kids, but they're still able to flourish. And then in, I don't know how to say this and Sarah's going to say it. Feng Shui. Feng Shui. I was going to say Feng Shui. No. (laughs) It is not pronounced the way it is written. If you put a cactus on a windowsill, it's believed that it will protect you from negative energy and misfortune. But if you put it right near your door, you're not letting positive energy come in. Exactly. So in a way, cactuses were more aligned with her inner aura, with the strength, with the positivity, taking away negative energy that she didn't understand. And when it clicked, it was a beautiful moment. It was all in the way she was looking at it. Mm -hmm. She was comparing a cactus in her head more to a block of granite (laughs) than to a living creature. Yes. Which is, I think, where the conundrum was happening, that because she's like, it's stubborn, it might as well not be alive, I can't do anything with it. As soon as she realized that it was alive, but you had to get through its tough exterior. I mean, they even teach you in survival training that if you find yourself stranded in a desert, that it is safer to cut open a cactus and drink the water from inside the cactus than any water you might be lucky enough to find Mm -hmm. in the desert because you might get sepsis Mm -hmm. or it might be tainted. But cacti can hold enormous amounts of water. I mean, basically, they're sponges with prickly outsides. Exactly. That is what they are. Mm -hmm. So they tell you if you're stuck stranded in a desert, if you find a cactus and you need water, that's your best source. Mm -hmm. And that ties into the Native American belief of protection Mm -hmm. because it protects itself with the thorns because its inside is so vulnerable. Yes. But it also sustains you. And so precious. Yes. It is so precious because it's the only source of water that they have to survive. So it's so precious to their survival that that's why it needs to be so tough and so prickly. So, (laughs) you know, animals don't come close. and and Right. And Perfuma, who's the opposite, who Mm -hmm. opens her heart to everyone doesn't understand how to get through because she's like, everything I interact with is like me, is open, is welcoming. And these cacti just keep putting sap and exploding at me and they just hate me. And I hate them. Mm -hmm. But she becomes friends with it. And it's one of her moments of growth because we don't see, I mean, she doesn't have as many problems, you know, quotation mark problems like other characters that they need to overcome. She has very few because she's a very self-confident person. Exactly. But this is, I think it was huge for her to see past her own limitations oh, when it comes absolutely, to Absolutely, because she saved Huntara and two other people in the process. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I have to do this not just for myself, but to save my friends. Yep. And again, that's where her strength comes from, her fear of hurting the people she cares about and the strength of believing in others. When they tell her, I believe in you. Pikachu. Well, if she's used to telling them the same thing, why shouldn't the reverse be true? Exactly. And that leads us into, we're back to Scorpia because, I mean, what? We should have never left her. (laughs) I know, I know. 
Well, they both have the same personality type. They're both Hufflepuffs. And they're basically the same person. They really are, except Scorpia's initially more tentative around people than Perfuma is. Mm-hmm. Perfuma is more likely to totally embrace a stranger than... <laughs> Scorpia, who would eventually embrace someone once she knows that they're not going to stab them. But I think, again, that's a being raised in the fright zone thing. Yeah, exactly. That kind of leads you to wonder, is this person going to pretend to hug me? First of all, hugs are probably not a thing in the fright zone. And second of all, if they are, it's probably so that they can find a chink in your armor and put a knife in it. But there are multiple moments throughout the series where Perfuma is either standing up for Scorpia or convincing Scorpia to believe in herself. And they form a friendship. Mm-hmm. And it's actually wonderful because the two people who believe the most in everyone else possibly believe the least in themselves. Yeah. So they become each other's cheerleader. Exactly. In saying, when you doubt, I will be there to tell you stop doubting. You can do this. Yes. So the perfect example of this is in the episode in season five with Peekaboo, where mm-hmm. Perfuma convinces Scorpia to sing. And this is also one of the biggest foundations in the fandom for a relationship between Scorpia and Perfuma that's more than friendship. At the beginning of this episode, the first thing we see Perfuma encouraging Scorpia is... They're undercover, so they need to talk to people to find out where is Peekaboo. So the first thing they do... Neither of them are great at lying. No. (laughs) But Scorpia is more outgoing, so she gets to talk to people. Uh, I mean, Perfuma. Scorpia tries to go and talk to people. Perfuma says, yeah, you can do it, and sends her over, and Scorpia doesn't know how to interact with people. So she keeps saying the wrong thing. Everybody runs away from her, and all the time, Scorpia is looking at her, you know, checking out how she's doing. And she sees it and kind of gives it a thumbs up, but Perfuma actually sees how uncomfortable Scorpio is getting so that's when she approaches her and gives her the best speech ever and says you know you have the biggest heart you can do whatever you put your mind into what do you love to do and Scorpio says you know yeah I like singing and so she says well then you should do that and the interaction is Perfuma said just repeat after me I can do it I can do this and Scorpia goes, Perfuma can do this. Perfuma <laughs> can do this. Just no, 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 say I. So all the time in this episode, I don't think she's there to find Peekaboo. She doesn't care. She just wants to encourage Scorpia to be yeah. more social and to be herself and to right. really love things that she does, which I think it's great in any friend that you have that encourages to be yourself and to love whatever you do. Precisely. And also she's dressed very similar to Carmen San Diego, and she looks amazing with the hat and everything. The trench coat and the hat, yeah. Yes. yes. And when Scorpia goes on stage to sing, Perfuma creates and throws her a flower, and Scorpia blushes so adorably <laughs> mm-hmm. because she's like, people actually appreciate me for this talent that everybody's never cared about because I come from the horde where we have no fun ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being chased with pitchforks and knives, and people are treating me like a real person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I this is that. a huge moment for Scorpia. And the fact that Perfuma was the first one to throw flowers and then other patrons followed in her example is huge mm-hmm. yeah i love that scene like you said i love that episode especially that part 
Perfuma throws a flower to Scorpia and is like, you can do this. I believe in you. Here's my support. Even when I'm at the back of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doesn't Scorpia like pick it up and put it in her hair? Yes. 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 It puts it in her and hair. And that's when she like lays out on the piano and starts singing. Yeah. Like it's like that was the flip of the confidence switch. That mm-hmm. flower. Exactly. Yeah. It was the first time Scorpia was in front of people. She's never the center of attention. Oh, no, no. And to have this spotlight and everybody looking at her. At first, she doesn't know what to do. And all she needed is the ghost Scorpia from Perfuma so she can start singing. And then when she starts, she's kind of very timid still, but she gets the flower and that's when she blossoms because of Perfuma. Indeed. There's not much out there about Perfuma, but one of the things that I read, it says that Perfuma is drawn to strong women such as Shira and Hantara and Scorpia, which I think it's great of her, but I don't think it's because they're strong women. I think it's because, you know what they say, opposites attract? Yes. So they're kind of like the opposite and because they need her help. She sees the self-doubt in them and she will be the person to cheer you up, like we say, or to make you get to the conclusion that you should not think so badly about yourself and that you can do whatever you put your heart and your mind to. Exactly. I finally found you my missing puzzle piece. Exactly. Noelle Stevenson also confirmed that despite the subtleties, Scorpion and Perfuma are together, or at least imply that they've become an item post-series, and I would love to see a movie or something, or like, Perfuma and the Princesses of Power. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. From her point of view. Me too. Or even Scorpia and the Princesses of Power. Oh, or Scorpia yeah. and Perfuma and the Princesses of Power. Yes. Right? A series where you have episodes where you have bits from Scorpia and Perfuma's life. Here's what's going on in Selenius with Mermista and Seahawk. Yes. Here's how Glimmer and Bo are doing. Here's what Catra and Adora are off doing. Frost has grown up to be a badass teenager (laughs) who's still ruling her kingdom. And all the young guys adore her. Yes. And she's just like, nope, keep walking. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Right? I want that. Yes, we should oh, have that. Why? Yes. Like we said before, Perfuma is the only one that believes that Scorpia can throw off the mind control chip when she gets chipped. She's the only one that really believes that Scorpia is still in there and is strong enough to do it without outside help. And like we said in the Scorpia episode, she's the only person that is chipped that can throw it off by herself without somebody destroying it. And we see like, what, five chipped people? Four or five. Yeah. She's the only one that manages it by herself. Yes. Like we said, you know, when she is about to throw the tank at Scorpia, Perfuma stands up for her. We do not throw tanks at our friends. Yes. Put it down. It's because, you know, you can't hurt her because she's going to do it. And I believe in her. It's funny because then Scorpia throws a tank at Shira and she's like, oh, so she gets to throw tanks at us. <laughs> right. But I can't throw a tank at her. Yes. Right? And Perfume is like, yes, that is how it is. That's how it goes. <laughs> when they're fighting, there is one part where Scorpia has, I think, is a big beam or a piece of wall. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it looks like a girder from like the roof or something, like one of the structural beams. Yes, something like that. And Perfume is there. And if you go with Scorpius, military instincts will be to destroy the person that's on the other team that's in front of you. But she actually throws it and misses Perfume. 
and they're only like 10 feet apart. There's no yes, way that she did Scorpio would miss. Yes. And that is why Perfuma keeps saying, I believe she's in there because she missed on purpose. Right. Adora's like, she threw an iron beam at you. And she's like, but she missed. She goes, so it was luck. And Perfuma goes, no, it no. wasn't luck. Scorpia doesn't miss. She missed on purpose. Yeah. Yes. She's in there. And Perfuma is the only one that keeps, whenever she has the chance to get close to Scorpia, to tell her, I know you're in there. I believe in you. Fight it. You can do it. Even with a person, you know, that can kill you or it's, yes, you look very excited. <laughs> I'm excited and I'm having a moment. I know we keep, it's my favorite movie, The Iron Giant, mm -hmm. which you've yes. seen yes. at the very end where the giant is in full on attack mode, isn't listening to anyone or anything and is just destroying everything. Little Hogarth goes up to him and says, it's me, it's Hogarth. And the giant turns his blaster gun that just took out an entire naval cruiser in the ocean on this kid. And Hogarth looks at him and says, you are, who you choose to be exactly. you choose he says choose and he starts to shy away knowing that if the giant's gonna kill him he can't run and then the giant blinks and his eyes change back to their normal color and he goes Hogarth because he was strong enough internally to realize this mm -hmm. person means something to me. He was yep. strong enough to overthrow the programming. And that's exactly what happened with Scorpia. And I can't believe I didn't see it until just this very <laughs> moment. It's you are who you choose to be. And exactly. Scorpia throws the beam and chooses to miss. Mm -hmm. She yep. chose. Yeah. And she doesn't change exactly at that point, but you know that she's still hearing you. Scorpio knows the perfume is there, and because of her, the chip is starting to lose its grip on her. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. the first kink in the armor. Yes. Yeah. That she saw Perfuma and Perfuma said, it's me. I know you're in there. Fight it. And then she threw the beam and missed. Mm -hmm. That's Scorpia fighting back inside her own head. Exactly. Yes. You are who you choose to be. And yep. it talks about how strong Scorpia is mentally, besides her size and uh, muscles and force, and how much Perfuma believes in her and how much they believe in each other. And they, yes. they are the biggest Hufflepuff. They don't want to hurt their friends. Right. They would rather die or hurt themselves, turn mm -hmm. the weapon on themselves, than they would turn it on their friends. Yes. Right? And then after all these passes and Catra is back on the good side, on the side that she should have been all along, Catra actually starts to realize how much Perfuma and Scorpia, how much they love each other and the friendship they have. So Catra tells her something, I'm glad that you are Scorpius friend now and what Perfuma says to Katra I didn't see it until I watched the series with subtitles because sometimes I miss things and yeah. it is so beautiful because to the end Perfuma keeps believing that opening your heart and friendship is not a weakness and she says it's hard keeping your heart open it makes you vulnerable but it doesn't make you weak and I have to believe it is worth it that is so true it's one of the best lines I think 
because it's very hard opening your heart. It's very hard showing how vulnerable you are to other people because they're going to hurt you. And that's why people don't do it because you don't want to get hurt. Right. But that is actually not a weakness. It is your strength to show you how you are. That just because people have hurt me in the past, I refuse to change who I am to be broken by the past experiences. I am strong because I choose to be me. Exactly. In spite of all that has happened, I still choose not to curl up into a ball and hide, but to still open my heart and be myself. Embrace it. As they said in Wreck-It Ralph, there's no one I'd rather be than me. That's right. Yes. Well, it is hard when you have been hurt. It is easier to stay in your hatred, but it takes a strong person to keep opening up to people and show yourself how you are. Right. And say, I'm not going to let you change me. I'm not going to let myself become scared or angry all the time. I am going to stay the same optimistic, hopeful person Mm -hmm. that I was before, even though it could happen again. Now that I'm thinking about it, that is the complete opposite of Katra. (laughs) It is. Katra decides to stay in that hatred when she's hurt, after she's hurt. Exactly. And Perfuma is not. So Perfuma is showing to Katra, if you had opened yourself up and allowed yourself to feel vulnerable, then you would have understood Adora and you will not have become the person that you almost became. They're mirrors. Mm -hmm. This is what your friendship with Scorpia could have been. Yeah. Yeah. In conclusion, Hufflepuffs are the best. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, the Hufflepuff episode. Right? Tasha, any last thoughts on Perfuma? Tell us you like it, you don't like her, what you like the most about her. No, she hates her. She's her favorite and she hates her. (laughs) That is such a lie. I actually love Perfuma. Perfuma is such a bubbly person that is like she helps when she's needed and she finally gets down to cactus level and overcomes that hardness that people wanted her to be. It's like yes. ah, so much. She's a really cool princess. Exactly. Yeah. And now And now it is time for fun with the best friend squad. Let's have fun. I love how we all threw our hands up, even though this is an audio-only podcast yes. and nobody can see us. <laughs> right? Snap for the best friend squad. <laughs> okay. First question. What uh-huh. do you think Perfuma's favorite type of flower or plant is? And you can't say all of them. All of them. No. Cactuses. No. <laughs> I think she will love any type of wildflowers. Those that, you know, just grow in the meadows. I think there was one that I looked up that's called Wild Cosmos because I know nothing about flowers. But the Wild Cosmos looks kind of like a daisy, but with different, like the petals have two tones of colors. And so I thought that that was Perfuma's favorite flower. Wow. And I'll jump in and go with daisies, sunflowers, or anything that is cheerful that like would brighten up a bot. Mm-hmm. And anything that will help defend whatever she's protecting. Mm-hmm. I kind of went with a combination of both. I used wild lavender as an example. Yes. Because it's calming, it's beautiful, it smells lovely. You can just picture a field of lavender with it rippling in the breeze, and yep. Perfuma would totally be at home there. Birds of paradise. They're not birds, they're flowers. 
<laughs> but they look like birds. Okay. If you look up a picture of them, it looks like a head with a beak and then plumage on top. And uh-huh. they're native to Hawaii and a couple other places. They're tropical mainly. Okay. They grow in hot, humid climates, but they're very green stalks and then bright colors like uh-huh. reds, oranges. Yellows. They're very distinctive looking. They have a distinct shape and they come in distinctive colors. And the other flower I chose comes in many different colors. The hibiscus flower. Uh It looks similar to what she has in her hair, the pink one. Uh They're actually my mother's favorite flower. Oh, wow. I did not know Mm -hmm. that. My mother likes the red ones with and they have a stalk in the middle Mm-hmm. that's with the red ones it's yellow but you can find hibiscus in white in yellow orange pink I've seen all the red colors. yeah they, it comes in pretty much every color mm-hmm. hybrid hibiscus colors that like change halfway through they're beautiful yeah but i think it's a very big and open flower. yes yes and i know that she will not hate any flowers or plants now that she loves cactuses she doesn't hate anything but for some reason i don't see her being good friends with orchids because they're finicky right i mean she's more like a free spirit yes and i always find orchids to be i don't know how to express it very classy very something that is not like her right and from what i know of orchids which is very little They have to be kept in a temperature-controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Yes. They prefer the heat and a specific humidity. Yes. And they right. need just the right amount of light. They're very picky and particular flowers. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I think to her, they would be like the next cactus problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can never get this quite right. Mm-hmm. right. I'd prefer something easier that I can watch it blow in the breeze, whereas orchids don't grow like mm. that. And also, I don't know why, but it gives me a sense of classes. Like, it's a very... Elegant. Yeah, and it's for certain... Like, you will see it in homes of people that have a lot of money. Not because other people can't have it. But it goes more with that type of life. While Perfuma is more open meadow, flowers, birds, and bees. Well, that's also because they're more expensive and finicky to maintain. Mm -hmm. So that's why it tends to go hand in hand. And there are prize winning orchids. They're like the serious business flowers. They're not the, oh, I was walking through a meadow and I picked this and I stuck it behind my ear because I think it looks pretty. I think orchids grow on vines, if I remember correctly. No, I think it's like a curved stem. Okay, but I don't think orchids are commonly found in the wild. I mean, they obviously have to be somewhere. Yeah. But most of them are cultivated in gardens Mm -hmm. and things. Oh, yeah. They require a lot of attention. Yeah. And care. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you could just plant daisies and up they sprout. Yes, exactly. So where would Perfuma go on vacation? She will go to an... I saw a picture that I didn't know what it was. That's why I looked it up. And it's actually the Netherlands. It's a garden called, and I'm going to butcher this, Kuchenhof. I think it's Kuchenhof. Kuchenhof Gardens? Yeah, it's Kuchenhof. I have no idea. It's a German word. That's how, how I can tell. Okay. They plant 7 million flower bulbs each year in this place. And when you see, have you seen pictures on the internet that is a field and it's like stripes of different colors? And when you see it from the top, it looks like a picture, like a painting. That's this place. And I think she will love to be there. I would love 
there. Oh my gosh. I didn't know such a place existed, but I had the same thought you did. I've seen pictures and it's on my bucket list to visit Mount Rainier National Park in Washington. Not just because of the mountain, but at the base of the mountain are just miles and miles of fields of wildflowers. I would love to see that too. Reds and purples and yellows and blues. And I've seen pictures and it's so gorgeous. And there are like lakes interspersed, mm-hmm. like little bodies of water. And you just see the mountain in the distance. And I think Perfuma would love this. Yes. She would. I'm sure she would. For me, I wish I could go to the Netherlands and, of course, to Washington State for the mm-hmm. wildflowers. And also, I would think that Perfuma would go on vacation to Kauai in Hawaii or to the entire state of Hawaii in general i can agree with that having been to every island but two a tiny one and the one on which they film hawaii 5 <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> much to my dismay right yes i've been to Kauai and it's beautiful mm-hmm. it's funny that you picked hawaii because plumeria her home territory plumeria is itself a flower and it's most commonly a white flower with kind of a painted yellow center Plumeria grows on trees and they are everywhere in Hawaii. They grow wild and they smell so nice. And I'm not talking like tiny little bush. I'm talking about 10, 12 foot tall tray of flowers. That's amazing. It's beautiful. I love them. They are so lovely. I also love that you pick Hawaii because it's a lot of vegetation, even if it's not flowers itself. Yes. But everything is green there. Exactly. Mostly, yes. Fun fact, Mm -hmm. on the big island, which is just named Hawaii, on the globe, there are 13 different types of climates. Mm -hmm. On the big island of Hawaii exist 11 of them. Wow. Wow. That is so cool. So when I went... For example, pipe irrigation is a big deal because, of course, these are islands made from volcanic rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of water you have to, like, bring down from the mountains. It doesn't just spring up somewhere. So you leave the grounds of the hotel, and by the time you're five minutes away, all the vegetation is sparse, and it's just pieces of rocks, and it looks like you're on the moon. <laughs> and then an hour later on the same road, it's lush and green and hilly and beautiful. And then you get to the other side of the island where Volcanoes National Park is and you get that kind of craterish look. And mm-hmm. But yes, 11 of the world's 13 climates exist on this one island. That's amazing. Wow. So So you can see so many different types of vegetation and Mm -hmm. plants and things in one place. It's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. If Perfuma had a pet, what kind of animal would it be? For some reason, I can see her with hummingbirds. And I know you cannot keep them as pets, but they're so Perfuma. I don't know how to describe it. They're small, they're delicate. They're so unique that I think it will be the best pet for her. I am going to totally change my answer because of what you just said about hummingbirds, because it made me think of something else. There are birds they're bigger than hummingbirds, but not very much bigger. They're called lorikeets. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have them at the zoo near me and you can pay to feed them. You get a little cup full of sugar water and mm-hmm. they land on you and they drink from the sugar water. That's like amazing. 
they come and go as they please. And they're, they're these beautiful jewel colors of like greens and whites and reds and yellows. I think if I remember correctly, they're kind of family unit oriented. So they're mm-hmm. like very social birds. And so you have a little cup of the nectar that they drank and you'll have like four or five lorikeets just sitting on your arm trying to drink with their little tongues <laughs> from this Aww. little cup that you're holding. They're very friendly and they're beautiful. And I think in that way, like the hummingbird, mm-hmm. Perfuma would see them like as her friends free to come and go as they please. But they would definitely follow her around. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to say, I love your answer when you said the one that you had written down, a snake that she'd kept. (laughs) That she'd keep draped across her shoulders. I was picturing like a yellow python. Britney Spears style. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's originally my first thought. That or a fennec fox, like the foxes with the big ears Mm -hmm. that look kind of like kittens, but they're not. Or a red panda, because they're so cute. Yes. The ones that curl up. But then as soon as you said hummingbird, I thought about, because I've fed the lorikeets at the Philadelphia Zoo a couple Mm -hmm. times over my life, especially when I was young. I remember it. And I remember feeling such wonder because I was like, oh my God, birds, I should be scared. And then they like land on you and they walk like one little foot at a time to get (laughs) further down your finger to where they can get to the cup that you're holding. And then you just stand there. And then it's like that scene in Tarzan with Jane and the monkey mm-hmm. yes. daddy look it's sitting on me i'm just like i have like four little cute birds on me this is so adorable <laughs> i just think that she would love that yeah she would my answer would be toucans or any animal that loves flowers and won't be toxic to them because some flowers would be toxic to like some animals well generally <laughs> they're smart enough and it's like bred into their genes that they know what flowers they should and shouldn't eat yeah exactly Because they know if I eat this, I die. So that doesn't sound like a great idea. Right. But I love that this is your answer because now I can totally see her in something like the movie Rio with all those type of Brazilian birds that are amazing. The birds of paradise and all of those. Yeah. Or picture the scene in the winter from Beauty and the Beast with something there playing with the beast feeding all the birds and Mm -hmm. they're all just sitting on his arms. (laughs) I'm picturing that, but Perfuma and like tiny lorikeets. I picture Surfer, dude. (laughs) He would have a ball. I'm sure he, he would. would be the one that would have the snake, yes. actually. <laughs> he will have the snake. That's true. Sure. His anaconda don't want anything, man. He's just chill. <laughs> yes. And our favorite question, and I will give you our listeners' answers first. Okay. What are Perfuma's top three most played songs on her iPod? So we got from GL999, Rises the Moon by Liana Flores and Strawberry Blonde by Mitski. Mm-hmm. From Lovely Lady Quips, we got Never Ending Story by Within Temptation, A Moment Apart by Odessa, mm-hmm. and Unbreakable from the, the Ugly Dolls movie. I haven't seen that. I remember seeing a preview for it. And I remember thinking that's a really cute concept because Mm -hmm. they were dumped into a world where all the like dolls and things were perfect and they didn't fit in. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be a story of being unique is Mm -hmm. great. It's like a Zootopia story. Like I could feel it. 
And then from night, night, zero, 2012, which I went back and forth with them. I was mad. I didn't think of <laughs> this first. Mm-hmm. They gave me by the Beatles, Strawberry Fields Forever, and Here Comes the Sun. And by John Lennon, Imagine. Yes. I have a list of like six or seven songs. And I didn't think of the Beatles until like two days after I answered this response. (laughs) And I was like, one, these are amazing choices. And two, I'm mad I didn't think of it first. (laughs) Listeners are the best. That's why. That's true. That is true. So as usual, when I end up with more than three, I pick three, but all of my answers go on the playlist. You can tell all of us. Tell all of us. Okay. Okay, for some reason, the very first thing I thought of (laughs) when I thought of Perfuma was Mbop by Hanson. (laughs) I don't know why, but it has her vibe. Yes, it does. I Got You, I Feel Good by James Brown. Mm Mm-hmm. I yep. feel good. <laughs> I knew that I would now. Like, that's very sunshiny. I want to dance with somebody by yes. Whitney Houston. Such great song. Why Should I Worry by Billy Joel from Disney's Oliver and Company. I okay. don't remember it. I mean, I've seen the movie. I just don't it's remember the song. It's by one of the cats, and it's kind of like embracing life of like, I have nothing to worry about. Everything mm-hmm. is great. Right. And I should just enjoy life as it is. Oh, okay. And I I felt that that was very Perfuma. Yes. Two Worlds, One Family from Tarzan by Phil Collins. Because I feel like that fits on multiple levels of her adapting to the Princess Alliance, of her and Scorpia, one from the Horde, one from not the Horde, Mm -hmm. and yet ending up on the same side. And just Perfuma and Etheria in general, that all of the creatures that dwell on Etheria are different, and yet we all come from the same place. I feel like that's essential. Perfuma. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that actually may be the one that I'm the most proud of mm-hmm. coming up with. Tarzan soundtrack. It's amazing. Oh my God. There's a reason Phil Collins wins every time he writes for yes. Disney. Right? Come on, man. That should be your only job. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know you did Genesis and I know you did you- stuff on your own and then you've won a lot of stuff and you made a lot of good music, but please just keep writing for Disney. <laughs> I agree with that. And then I pitched in two Beatles songs, Blackbird. And all you need is love. Because that's all you need. Right. right. That's correct. I had two. The first one is Beautiful by Christina Aguilera. I love that song. Yeah. Because I knew, I listened to it before spinning the answer down. And I'm like, this is so perfuma. Yeah. My second choice is Hey Soul Sister by Train. That's a good one. Love that's a good choice. One. Okay. I hate myself because the first song that came into my mind is Africa by Toto. <laughs> oh, this is my crowning achievement. I bless the rains down in Africa by Toto. She will bless the rains in Africa. I don't think it even crossed my mind. Or if it did, I said no, because Soleil hates it. I thought the same thing. And the fact that this came out of your mouth of your own volition. But but you need to write down that first I said I hate myself. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why. This is what I dislike this song so much. And it was the first one that came into my mind while thinking about Fuma. The song is really about a man's love for his country. Like Mm -hmm. the continent, the beauty of 
like the woman that's talked about in the song isn't really a woman. It's mm-hmm. supposed to represent Africa. So it's like, she's calling me. I'm coming back to her. It's a song of coming home. Yes. I'm mad I didn't think of that because that's perfect. I'm mad that I thought about it. I feel like I've just won the World Series. Like, I, this is amazing. You should be proud. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. I didn't say anything. My first choice is Beautiful Life by Ace of Base. Ooh, that's a great choice. I love that song. Ace of Bass. Oh, I don't listen to them enough. I know. I listen whenever I have a chance, especially when I'm in long road trips. I love music on. And I know this is a song that has kind of a somber meaning and it's not very upbeat. But for some reason, Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Israel. Oh, my God. That's the only version. Oh, my God. Such a perfume song. Yes. Oh my God, I cannot pronounce his last name. Yeah. He has since passed away. He's a Hawaiian gentleman mm-hmm. by the name of Israel. If you have not heard his version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, listeners, it's just him and a ukulele. And it is amazing. Like I could cry. Yes. It's so beautiful. I've heard it. It is so good. It, it just hits you in the soul. Oh my God, it does. And then I had two other songs that I was toying with. Bubbly by Colby Kelly. Colby Kelly. Uh-huh. And Don't Go Breaking My Heart by Elton John. I love that song. Me too. I think it will be her town song. Don't go breaking my heart. I couldn't if I tried. But yeah, let's erase the first one. I didn't say anything. No, no. <laughs> it is going on the playlist. Because you put it there and it is, that is my crowning achievement that I've drilled Africa into your head so many times that you thought of it on your own. I still don't like it, but you know. I don't care. I love it. This is my, this is my crowning achievement. I agree. You thought of it yourself. I know. So we will post our playlist link in the episode description when we drop the episode. Mm -hmm. Noelle did not create one for Perfuma. The only other playlist I know that Noelle made was a She-Ra playlist, Mm -hmm. which will get dropped the week we cover Mara. Yes. So remember to follow us on social media. We can be found on TikTok dropping things that you hopefully find funny every day at Uh Realm Stories Pod. On Instagram, the Realm of Endless Stories Podcast. And on Facebook at the Realm of Endless Stories Podcast. Our email is listed on both TikTok and our Facebook page. Or you could just hear it from my mouth right now. The Realm of Endless <laughs> the realm of endless Stories at gmail.com. Send us an email and tell us what you think about Africa by Toto and how Soleil is so wrong that it is the worst song ever. What you think of the podcast. Pretend you're Buddy the Elf and or I'm Buddy the Elf and I'm asking you what your favorite color is. If you're enjoying taking this journey with us, give us a follow on whatever platform you listen to us on and consider leaving a review. And once again, thank you so much for listening and for everyone who follows us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We love you all and we love interacting with you. Yeah. It is great. Yes. And I just want to thank Tasha for being here yes. with us. I thank hope- you so much. I hope that you as much fun as we did. Yeah, I did. 
And we hope to see you back in the future. I hope so too, because I'm excited to be back in a future episode, whenever that is. Yes. So as always, Perfuma, well, yeah, as Perfuma would likely sing to herself every day, <laughs> every day as she went about her business. I'm walking, walking on sunshine. Whoa. I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa. I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa. And don't feel good. Amazing as always. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye.